0: Game with uh, analytics, Andy Ied. He's uh, he's computing Corsi ratings mid game. Homemade <laughs> um, <laughs> Corsi ratings, of course, of course. I mean, we we don't have actual WHL stats, so we have to no. make our own. Yeah, you
1: got to do what you can. I uh, anyway,
0: we're, we're post game here uh, after the Everett Silver Tips' pretty emphatic win over Seattle tonight, eight to zero. It's a big big game for Everett, and you can kind of tell that they're really up for this one because they've really struggled against Seattle the last two games. Um, coming away with losses against the T-Birds, a team they obviously want to beat from a rivalry perspective. They come away victorious and tonight. Andy, you were on the radio call with uh, Tom Boyning um, on Seattle's broadcast, but what were kind of your um, takeaways from this one? Uh, well, I thought the game,
1: I think early on, like the first shift, you know, I think the penalty, that kind of set the tone for the night. In the first period, Seattle started slow and, you know, never controlled the puck, and Seattle just was, I thought, one of their worst performances actually of the year. <laughs> um, they just... You know, were chasing the game, they, they were, were careless with the puck, they didn't manage well, and that when Seattle struggled this year, it's usually that, where they just, they just struggle with the puck. And, uh, they've actually, their third-trick game, they started slow in the first period, and they finally caught up with them here. They got away with the other times. Sometimes they won those games, but they caught up with them here tonight.
0: Sure, and kind of it seemed like Seattle got a little bit more jump um, in the first period, maybe after uh, uh, Ty Cole's goal to, to open the scoring. Um, but then, kind of second period on, it was it was all over. It didn't seem like Seattle had, had much in the tank, and um, it was just tough going for them. But.
1: Yeah, Seattle was definitely flat. And you know, they they it's not it's a little surprising because they've won four in a row. and They've been really good since you know the, the, just before the holiday break. But it, sometimes you forget that they had what seven rookies. You can count Millich who came in, they had seven rookies tonight in the lineup. And you're going to get games like this, and uh, Seattle's had games like this earlier in the year where they've been blown out like that. Uh, hadn't popped up in a while but uh you know we'll see what they the one thing that if you're a Seattle fan the positive is in the past this year whenever they had a game like this, they bounced back pretty quickly so we'll see what happens tomorrow night but uh you know a little surprising that just the way they've been going if they came out flat like that and couldn't catch it but I think the tone was set
0: early on. Without a doubt and, and these are two kind of teams that were were trending um in different directions a little bit ever was was on the schneid and they broke out of it last night with a with a win over Kelowna, but they're they're very desperate to to have a game where it's not a one goal game and you're kind of uh, gripping gripping the the front of your seat for the <laughs> entire game. They they're really looking forward. Which to Which is how these games to the two
1: teams usually are.
0: Yes, um, and Everett has played a lot of one goal close games lately, and they've come on the uh, losing side of it to, to get out to a to a lead and kind of step on on Seattle's throat a little bit. There late was I think really really refreshing for that group. Um, Andy, I mean, you've seen a lot of hockey. You seen a lot of WHL hockey. What are your impressions of, of this Everett team? You've seen them, I think, five times now.
1: Well, I think they're in an interesting position because I don't, I don't think they're going to catch Portland for the US Division lead because Portland's just
0: like on fire now. Well, they points, ten points, ten bad points bad ahead, team.
1: and what they haven't Boston nineteen games or so something Portland's like that. Portland's been a buzz saw for, yeah, for anyone uh, that
0: comes into in there. But I
1: also don't think Spokane can catch Everett, so I think they're pretty much locked into that second place spot here. And Spokane
0: um, is pretty much locked into that that third spot. For them, yeah, I don't
1: think Seattle can catch them. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see how you how you play that out now the rest of the the, the game. I'm obviously the tips are going to try and catch Portland. I'm not, I'm not saying that they're giving them. I just in my opinion, don't think they're going to be able to catch them. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, it would be tough. So much good, be yeah, tough. and they struggled against Portland this year. So I mean, they they my my thought is they have time to like just kind of gel, and they've added a lot of pieces. And, I think they can, they can you know, play with that, and if you lose a game here and there while you're figuring it out, it's probably not going to cost them. And I think they really just, if I'm them, I just, you know, point towards the playoffs at this point. And, you know, and, and, yeah. and, you, know you still want to try to win, obviously, and catch Portland, but, uh, you know, I think, I think right now you're just worried about how you do the playoffs, that's really what counts.
0: Sure, and, and um, you know, Everett's obviously, you know, like you mentioned, they're in a position where they're trying to gel some of these new pieces. What I'm really curious to see, you know, their, their kind of uh, team makeup has been very similar all year long. they got a lot of maybe smaller guys, and they're not maybe the quickest team in the league, but they got some speed in their lineup, um, and they got a lot of skill in their lineup. And I'm really interested to see how they face some of these teams like Seattle, which you know, have some bigger forwards and some really big defensemen and can play a little more physical, and those grinded-out games, and now they respond. And earlier in the season, I wasn't quite sure. Um, that they match up very well tonight when they're kind of possessing the puck for a long long periods and um, keeping the puck in, in the other zone and tilting the ice, I mean, it, it looks pretty impressive. Um, in terms of just how, how Everett's play style was tonight, what kind of stood out to you about that? Um, well, I think they've, for the last
1: three or four years, have been a really good puck possession team, and I think we saw that tonight. Uh, you know, I like their speed, and I think that caused problems for Seattle tonight, and, I think tonight was a little bit of, of a combination of Ever playing really well, and Seattle not playing well. So, um, you know, I think we'll see how it plays out longer term. Um, but yeah, I mean, this Ever team's been, been strong all season. I know they they stumbled a little bit here with the last three weeks or whatever it's been. Uh, you know, I think they'll write the ship, but I think they'll be right there. And they're going to come. Like, they'll be a tough. They're always a tough out in the playoffs, especially when you have the goaltending and defensively. I'm really curious to see what the loss of uh, Fairbrother does to this Ever team because. Uh, Pudio is an offensive defenseman. But he's a yeah. different player than Fairbrother. Fairbrother is a little more grit, a little more physical, more yeah. more two way guy. Are they going to miss that? Uh, you know, I don't know that they. I don't think Wyatt Wiley's that guy really either. I don't think Sealy is.
0: Uh, Wyatt, Wyatt Wiley's probably the closest to a two way guy. Yeah. He's he's not necessarily a stay at home defenseman, but he can he can kind of play both sides of the ice really well. So do they
1: miss that from Fairbrother in the back end? Yes. Obviously they didn't tonight, but we'll see long term. That's, that's something that I'm curious about I mean, he's a huge loss yeah. and,
0: I mean that's that's he's a guy that played all situations yep. He's he's a power play guy he played on a, a significant role in their penalty kill I mean he's always one of the first defensemen out there and for those for those shifts and um, he's a really good five on five player so yeah it's a it's a huge loss I mean conceivably he could maybe come back at some point in the season but the tips are uh, not uh, kind of counting on that sure yeah. uh, <laughs> especially you know in those early playoff series and um, although last year they were expecting Riley Sutter back sometime late in the season, and he didn't end up returning until the game three in Spokane in the second round of the playoffs. So. And they were in a hole at that point. So yeah, yeah and some and sometimes uh, you know those injury situations swing one way or the other. Well, you never know
1: when when a guy comes back. You know, is he is he back at a hundred percent? Is he back right to where he was, or is he going to need you know a week or two to get kind of back to where they were? So You never know.
0: Sure, and um, and obviously it's it's a fascinating situation with their deep airs because, like you mentioned, they have a lot of guys that like to, to rush the puck out the ice and, and make those plays. So we wonder if some of those guys are going to kind of have to be taken out of their element a little bit. Um, someone like Jake Christensen, who's a, a really, really skilled offensive defenseman, and he's, he's even been more poised and uh, dynamic with the puck ever since he's returned from the AHL. Is he going to have to kind of play more of that role where he stands back and lets you know, some of the young guys do what they can do? Although, I will say, when watching some of Pudio's shifts, it seemed like he, he can hold his own defensively. He's not a, he's not a sieve by any means yeah, um, I, in his I own don't. zone, but he's, that's not his game, necessarily. I don't know if tonight's a really good uh, <laughs> uh, barometer.
1: Uh, you know, the Seattle's didn't have any kind of punch offensively. and Really didn't. I mean, the Wolf gets a shutout, but boy, that was a pretty easy shutout for him. Nothing, nothing yeah. against him. I think he got one,
0: made it, he run, made one nice tough save and... he had to
1: make. Uh, uh, other than that, you know, he really didn't get tested a lot, but... It'll be interesting to watch moving forward. I think, you know, once one way to, you know, Everett, it was a good puck possession team, and I think that all, all helps your defense because if your forward's got the puck on the other end or if you're playing a lot on the other end, it really doesn't matter what kind of defense you have because yeah. they're not giving up a lot of chances. And that was the formula tonight. The Seattle you know, just couldn't get any sustained time in the, in the Everett zone. And so, um, so yeah, so I think, I think, you know, it'll be... Curious to see long term, and if they play against a more veteran team, how that how that plays out. That'll be the real test.
0: Sure. Finally, Zamboni's off the ice. Uh, <laughs> thank goodness. Uh, one thing I the always ice lo- looks nice. Yeah, it looks looks pristine. I might uh, take a skate after this. <laughs> they let you do that here? No, no. Uh, I don't even know if I can skate. I mean, my ankles are so bad these days. I don't. <laughs> I, don't I think I might break both my ankles if I go out there like Bambi. Um, but anyways, one thing I always love doing at this time of year when. Uh, the trade deadlines pass, and you kind of see which teams have which pieces. Look back at the start of the season and kind of thought how you thought it would play out, and compare it to what it is now. I, in terms of you know the BC and US divisions, how did you see? How, how I mean, how different are the standings right now to how um, you it, saw them at the beginning? Of the yeah, season? a little bit. In
1: the, in the US division, I thought Spokane would be better um, than they are, but this is kind of repeating last year, I thought they'd be better. Last year, they were, and they kind of underachieved. Obviously, they lose uh, McGrew. That didn't, you know, we didn't see foresee that coming. But even even when they still had him, I thought they were underachieving a little bit. Uh, I thought everyone would be right there. I thought Portland, my question about Portland was whether or not, I mean, they're a young team, too. They're they're probably not as young as Seattle, but they're still on the younger side. Um, but they're gelling, and then they've got a lot of depth. And, and Ho- Hofer's having a great season in the mm-hmm. back end. And So I, mean, I thought they'd be there. I thought everyone would be there. So the, that, the big surprise to me is Spokane. And then in the B C division, Vancouver is a big surprise. Victoria and Vancouver for different reasons. One is I didn't think Victoria would be that good. Uh, you know, they've really had a good season. Now they had Tracy and then uh, I, I thought Vancouver would be lights out. You know, they yeah. they brought back 13, 14 guys from the championship or the, the team that went to the championship and, and lost in yeah. game seven. So I thought they're just gonna pick right up where they left off and yeah. They've had some issues and they've had guys one out and asked for trades and it's just it's just not worked for them so far. They've been inconsistent. So we'll see. They added a piece of the deadline of floor truck. We'll see how they do second half here.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a nice deadline ad. They they paid mm. dearly for him, but nonetheless, um, he's he should you know impact you know yep. pretty well. I, I I was I was right in the same boat. I thought Spokane was going to lead the way in the U.S. division I thought again. They're the best team, yeah. Um, Portland right behind Everett uh, third, um, and then Seattle fourth, Tri City fifth. I got those two correct. I think um, <laughs> Everett a little higher in standing. Same with Portland. Yep. Um, Spokane has hasn't lived up to expectations, but I thought all five of them would make the playoffs. That is yeah. that is really not <laughs> <laughs> working out no.
1: because uh, Tri City is in a tailspin right now.
0: They're in a tailspin, and Victoria, man, they've they've really come on strong this season. Yep. They, they started off the season poorly. I think they played uh, I don't know if their season opener or second game of the season here in Everett, and they didn't look like they had anything. Um, they looked really thin up front. I didn't know where their scoring was going to come from turns out it didn't matter because they're defensively one of the better teams in the Yeah,
1: they were doing it defense and goaltending, and now they've added some offense, so we'll see how, how, although Vancouver beat them tonight, so we'll see how that goes. I think the last two nights here, I think Vancouver beat them. Yeah, they've gotten them back-to-back, so we'll see how that um, plays out.
0: So right now, I think Kamloops is in first, Victoria's in second, Kelowna's in third, uh, Vancouver's in fourth. Which Cooper could
1: catch Colonna. Colonna's so banged up right now. They've yeah. Got, well, yeah. You saw him last night. They got seven or eight guys that are out of the lineup, and mm-hmm. um, and
0: some guys that aren't going to come back for a while. I mean, yep. Liam Liam Kindry's a, a yeah. top six guy. Yeah. That Portland paces them tonight, so yeah. And Nolan Foot is seems like I don't know what his his timetable is, mm-hmm. and Kyle Topping still isn't yeah. back, and he's a guy that's going to take probably a couple weeks to figure and out. Their goaltender
1: apparently is hurt too. Uh, Baszler, he her yeah, he did
0: not did not play this I've weekend. I've heard
1: rumors that that could be a significant injury. And, That'll, that'll be a blow to him.
0: Yeah, that would be, that'd be a very uh, big development, considering there were some mm-hmm. uh, goalies available, you'd yep. think, at the, at the deadline. We saw Max Paddock move to Prince Albert, and um, you'd think uh, Roddy Ross is, is a guy that a lot of teams would really like. Um, not, not to say he was available, and you'd know more than anything, mm-hmm. but... He's, I think, he's he, was available for a, I think
1: he was available for a very steep price. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: more Probably more steep than anybody would want to pay. Very true, very true. Um, but no, it does seem like and we can't really comment much on the East because we don't really watch those teams uh, very prominently. I mean, I don't really have any expectations for any of them. I just kind of see how that see, that side of the, the the league plays out and kind of say okay. But uh,
1: yeah, I think actually though, I, I will say I think you know, Edmonton's obviously very good out there. I think. Uh the Western Conference might have the stronger team from top the to, teams from top to bottom, but mm-hmm. it's not by much, and it's not like how it's been in the past, where you know there's a, a surefire, you know this team's going to win everything and run roughshod through the league like PA mm-hmm. did last year, or Swift Current did the year before, or, you know, or, or Brandon and Regina, Seattle did those years when they went to the finals. So I don't think you see a team like that this year.
0: Yeah, as someone um, within Everett who the toughest uh, team they they thought was in that uh, Central Division swing, which seems like the tougher of the two divisions mm-hmm. out in the Eastern Conference, and they said Edmonton was, was a tougher team to face. So, um, no surprise. I mean, they've yeah, earned, had good. a great season. They've yeah. got a lot of depth. And that Medicine Hat team is
1: interesting, too. They, uh, Yeah, they... They score a lot of goals. They're, they're okay giving up odd-man chances the other way, they, as long as they get theirs. And so, they've got a lot true, of finishers. Yeah. So, they're, they're an entertaining team to watch, because it's usually high-scoring yeah. and up-and-down
0: hockey. Yeah, and they, it seems like they've always played that way, ever since I really started covering the league four years ago or whatever. And, um. The East always seems like it's kind of a, a different beast in, in general. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, nonetheless, it seems like, you know, it's it's funny to look back at the start of the season and, and expectations, and it's kind of a testament to Everett. I mean, I don't I don't know how they keep on. It's, at some point, they're going to have to take a step back, you think, but they just keep yeah. on kind of churning out good teams. <laughs> um,
1: I think, yeah, you, you would expect that, but I've kind of expected that the last couple of years. Uh, if they finally yeah. find some guys and plug them in, and, you. Know, it always helps when you have a rock in the net. You can start from there and build from the back end out. And I think that's that's yeah. been part and of their success.
0: and it improves your floor so much when you yeah. have a goaltender like mm-hmm. that. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna win you games like a yeah. guy like Dustin Wolf. And, and maybe there's some games that maybe you
1: shouldn't have won. And exactly. and then you know then they they do have a good defense, and that's they've kind of started with that. That's been the, the plan here, even even before winning the division.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. Um, thoughts on that effort top line? efforts have some people. I think it's probably one of the more dynamic, you know, scoring lines. Mm-hmm. I know um, I, it didn't really show up in the score sheet, but I thought Cole Fonts added some pretty impressive shifts mm-hmm. uh, with the way he can handle the puck. I mean, it seems like uh, it's ev- even more dynamic than some of the top lines they've had in the past, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I think that Beikoff, uh Fontaine line probably would. I can't
0: comment on that. Give them a good much. push. They were really good that push that last year. Uh, uh. Well, in, famously, that uh, what was it? Um, it was Dewar, uh, Pelon, and Sutter were one of the best statistical lines, you know, in the playoffs uh-huh. um, when they were put together. Um, yeah, I think if I remember, it's been a while now. And if I remember,
1: if, uh, I think Baikov got a little bit in banged up at some point in that, in that championship run. Um, I know in the finals he didn't do much, but I think because he was dealing with an injury. But... Yeah, I might have to call Jesse Galincey, get him on the phone. <laughs> and... Yeah, that, that line was really good. I mean, this, this is a good line, uh, and I, I'm – I really like Cage Gonsalves. Uh, You know, he really is, yeah, I know he didn't score much at all last year. One. Um, but, you know, that happens sometimes. This is a tough league for 16-, 17-year-olds to play in, and mm-hmm. I think people forget that sometimes. It really is an 18-, 19-year-old league. and So so guys like that can maybe, maybe they're doing other things well and they're not scoring,
0: but then they just keep plugging away and then it all kind of comes together for them the next year. So yeah. you see that from time to time. Yeah, Gage's such a kid. He's got those, he's such a, like, wiry kid, like, kind of lanky and, he skates like he's, like, uh, I feel like he's almost, like, parallel to the ice, the way he's hunched over. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got those long strides and kind of a quick burst and uh, a whole lot of skill on top of it. And you pair him with someone like Kindop, who's got speed, and um, someone like Fonsat who's got uh, some pretty impressive. Yeah, it's uh, funny. He, he's he's
1: good friends with uh, Seattle's Brendan Williamson. They played together Yes, uh, up at the BCMML on Williamson's going kind of through the same thing that I think all of us went through last yeah. year. He's playing really well. He hasn't scored a goal yet. He's hit posts. And he's just gone wide. And he had one good shot tonight, and it's just like he just can't buy a goal. And I, you know, I think he has a good example to look at as his buddy, Pierre yeah. Everett, who did kind of a similar year last year and then mm-hmm. then burst on the scene. And uh, so again, and he's a 17 year old rookie, Williamson. So uh, that can
0: happen. It's a, it's a tough league. for those for those young guys. Yeah, it's pretty pretty impressive. I mean, to see those guys, and that's that's the fun part about this league is guys that uh, just come out of nowhere, you know, Gage Gonsalves, Brennan Williamson, they're listed. Um, they're not drafted in the Bantam draft, kind of overlooked, and then they pop up on the central scouting radar, and they're, <laughs> they're scoring, you know. I mean, Gage Gonsalves can see like hit 30, 40 goals this year. I mean, that's yeah. that's no joke. That's that's certainly no joke. Um, something to look out for. I know he's kind of cooled down as of late, but Bryce Kindop, I think, is still 12 goals away from Patrick Bykoff's all-time scoring record, and I think if you would ask uh, someone for a season or for their first career, career, oh, nice. Um, and if think like, if you, had, I mean, he, he's a guy that didn't play sixteen year old here in Everett, yeah, uh, didn't make the team, and uh, I think if you ask someone, you know, maybe that finals run that that year, if, you know, in in two years, Bryce Kinab is going to be the uh, all time <laughs> baby. <laughs> people would be like, "What? <laughs> you mean Connor Doer?" <laughs> um, but no, no, he's he's had a pretty. Pretty unreal. It's it's uh, it's kind of those development stories that are so fun. Yep, yep. Every team out of them, I'm sure you can kind of... Yeah, but you out know, as they get seniors. older,
1: it's usually when they start finding it. So, I mean, that's just, uh, you know, if there are Seattle fans listening, like you have guys like Kai Ujaz or the Viseano who haven't scored a lot, but they're playing well. They're 16, and their day will come.
0: How many 16-year-olds does Seattle have in the roster? Uh,
1: well, tonight they scratched Mikai Sanders, so they have, if you count Millich, who came into the game, they had four tonight,
0: mm-hmm. four 16-year-old players. But they right. usually have, you know, four that kind of float around. They usually have three,
1: guys. yeah, sometimes four. They're, you know, they kind of rotate some of them in and out.
0: Yeah. And I mean, Sanders just got back
1: from injury at the yeah. years of so to,
0: to have, but to have four 16-year-olds, mm-hmm. I mean, that's always a good indication of where a team is. Yeah, and one, one of them playing
1: on the top line. Really, you
0: know. really hard to make the league as a 16-year-old. Yeah. I think the I think if you have two 16-year-olds, that's usually about the, <laughs> the right... I mean, I think Everett only had one 16 year old last year, if I remember. But
1: that's what Seattle knew. That that's what their goal was this yeah. year. They decided to just give the team to those young guys and build around them. And this, this, they're really looking at two years down the road. Yep. Where they think this group will be something special, and, and they've been fun to watch. But uh, that's fun to watch. Uh, um, you know, he's he's a point getter, so he is getting points at 16. But the other guys are playing well, so they're they're, they're I think it's a good year for them as far as just learning the league. And, figuring it out. So.
0: Yeah, that Connor Relatt kid, it will be uh, pretty special, I think. He's,
1: he's a fun guy. He he loves
0: hockey. He's always smiling. He just loves everything about being on the hockey team, <laughs> being in this league. Speaking of 16-year-olds, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Olin Zelllegger's goal. Um, you know, really impressive. Um, you know, evades a, the winger coming out to, to contest the puck and you know, spins around him and have a shot past Ross, and mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a pretty impressive move from a 16-year-old defenseman. I wouldn't be surprised to see him kind of popping up on some draft radar sort of stuff in the future. You know? uh, he's an interesting kid. I mean, didn't get invited to the, the U17 camps at all um, in the summer, and then ended up making one of the one of the teams. So it's always an interesting development trend. when Guys kind of start popping up um, when they're not on the Hockey Canada radar because it's so hard to get on it once you're. That you're not quite any, kind of it's an so. insider club for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. well, you've taken up enough, enough of your time post game. Um, right. I guess uh, we'll see each other tomorrow. Yeah, right back at it tomorrow. <laughs> A little home and home between the, the two. Yeah, R-tribbles. three and
1: threes. Man. Let's just let abolish the three and threes. I'm already tired. Yeah, they don't they don't <laughs> make them play three and threes in the NHL. I don't. Think. It's tougher for people watching. I don't think people realize that. It's hard oh, to watch three. And it's years exhausting, years.
0: right? Yeah. The and players he- have it easy. <laughs> uh, Andy Analytics thanks for joining uh, the show. All right.